0: I had numerous conversations with Sean Hannity at Fox, but nobody calls Sean Hannity. If somebody would call up Sean Hannity.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guy, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back, Liberty Lynchpins. To another edition of the Lions of Liberty podcast, your home for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. And boy oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today coming off the recent presidential debate, the Gary Johnsonless president debate, which you know, some of you out there may be disappointed by, some of you out there may be relieved by. <laughs> but regardless, we got a straight up Clinton versus Trump matchup. And we're going to look at the whole thing today in this, the 249th episode of this program. If you're playing the home game, that means you can find today's show notes featuring links to everything we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 249. And if you are a fan of this program, there are a couple other Libertarian podcasts out there that I know you guys are going to love. You've got to check out Roger Paxton's Lava Flow podcast, the Johnny Rocket Launch Prad, and of course, our friends Chris Spangle and the We Are Libertarians podcast. Check them all out. All right, folks. And like I said, it is time to talk about the very first presidential debate of 2016 And how on earth could I possibly do this without having a drink? The answer is I couldn't, therefore I do. I'm currently situated with a nice glass of Maker's Mark with one ice cube, which you can maybe hear clinking around right here. And uh, I'm going to bring in a crew of liquored up libertarians, as I so often do, to talk about this Clinton-Trump matchup, starting with my man from Pittsburgh, the host of Felony Friday, Mr. John Odermatt.
2: What's going on, man? Great to be here to talk about. You know, I've been looking forward
1: to this debate for so long. I'm so excited to talk about it. I know you have been. That's why you were the first one I contacted.
2: I I have been. I have been. I've been, uh, you know, waking up in the middle of the night with visions of Hillary and Trump yelling at each other and Hillary's eyes darting back and forth and Trump making ridiculous faces. So
1: it was everything I could hope for. And then you look over and realize it's just your baby crying that woke you up. You're like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, wow, I wish the, I wish so. the debate was on. That'd be better. Uh, what yeah. are you drinking over there, Odie? I assume you have to have, have to have a drink for. I do, about I do. Like so
2: uh, I've drank before in the show Sweetwater 420. It's one of my favorite beers. This time I have a different Sweetwater beer. It's Sweetwater Hash Brown, and it is freaking delicious. It might be my new favorite beer. It's awesome. So these if you Sweetwater,
1: live- these Sweetwater folks should really be sponsoring this show. They, they certainly should be, yeah. So if anyone's listening from Sweetwater, this is how we market ourselves. We don't actually reach out <laughs> to advertisers. We just talk about them on the show and hope someone's listening and then, you know, however it works out.
2: If anyone's listening out. in Atlanta, Georgia, just walk over to the Sweetwater Brewery and tell them to listen to this podcast.
1: There you go. That should do it. Next thing you, you know, be. it checks in the mail. Uh, business. <laughs> I love it. Moving along. Let's move over to how about, I don't even know where you are right now. I think you're in Cleveland. Rico, what's up?
0: What's up? I'm in Naples, Florida, and there's no booze anywhere to be found where I'm at, so I'm doing it dry.
1: (laughs) You sound like you're in your parents' basement.
0: I kind of am.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. I knew that. (laughs) Behind the scenes, guys, I knew all this information ahead of time. I I can't lie to you guys. Um, So, uh, like any uh, 30-something-year-old man, you're currently hidden in the basement under a blanket drinking liquor and recording a podcast. So what are you drinking over there in Naples, Florida?
0: Well, um, there's no boost to be found anywhere. I didn't have time to pick up, so I'm drinking some uh, tap water. Good
1: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you were drinking like the Robitussin that you found in the in the cabinet oh, from 1985. There's still time. We can that's, pause. We can pause the show. No one will ever know at home. If you, you
0: don't hear me talk for like 10 minutes, that's, that's the what robo- I'm doing, okay. going through the uh, medicine cabinet seeing what I can
1: cook. And up. we're back. Enrico is on Robitussin now. Okay, moving along. Howie Snowden, who many people call the godfather of Lions of Liberty, many people, I mean the people on this podcast, from Leesburg, Virginia. Howie, what's up?
3: Hey, Mark. Just enjoying the circus.
1: The circus? Okay. Did you actually go to a circus today, you you're, no, are you referencing I, the debate? I'm referencing the debate. Because I would have been really jealous if you actually just came from the circus. I'd be like, what are you doing recording a podcast? You should be hanging out with the carnies.
2: No. I hate the circus. I do.
1: Oh, <laughs> man. Why do you hate the circus, Odie?
2: I can't. Stick. Clowns, clowns
3: freak me out. I don't like clowns. I don't, it's, Strong it's, talk from Odin. Isn't there some <laughs> issue with clowns, like uh, in North Carolina or something? I saw there's lots something of like issues that. with
1: the clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start with the issues with clowns? We yeah, may get sidetracked like urban,
3: for a minute. Urban legends
0: about what clowns are doing with little kids now. I've well, there, there's people
2: who dress up like I think what Howie's talking about. is people in like North Carolina or rural America that will dress up like clowns and just like walk and look at people's windows just to freak them out.
1: That's a weird thing up. to do. It's
2: good, a good way to get
3: shot also.
1: Here's a little sidebar. I'm actually sidebar within a sidebar. Howie, we, I don't want to pass over your drink. What are you drinking over there?
3: Oh, I'm drinking a uh, Bell's Oberon Ale. It's a oh, uh, delicious. It's, an, it's American wheat ale with a spicy hop character, mildly fruity aromas and the color and scent of a sunny afternoon.
1: <laughs> Did you read that or is that <laughs> the description that you just came up with on the fly? Yeah, I know.
3: No, I read it. So it says oh, okay. in the bottle.
1: All right. So Oberon, another sponsor. This is our way of reaching out. Hope you're listening. Makers, Mark, and also the people that make tap water. These are the guys we're reaching out to today. <laughs> so give us a call. Uh, back on the subject of clowns for a minute. Uh, where, where were we going with the clown thing? I don't really remember.
2: Well, I it's, was talking about the clowns yeah. looking in windows. I don't know if that. Oh, yeah. Le- that's,
1: that's Is it what illegal I, to dress
3: up like a creepy clown?
1: I don't think that's illegal. But I, does does it violate the non-aggression principle to dress up as a creepy clown and stare through somebody's window? That's a question we're going to ask. The window part screw I the think. debate. Well, the yeah, window. I guess if you're staring through their window, you're on their property. See,
3: I thought they were, like, creeping through the woods, looking a scary or something. I don't know. Who owns the woods, man? I Who
2: think they're doing him? that, too. It's really the tragedy of the commons. And the, uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe that clown homesteaded a section of the woods. Maybe he's the first to use it. No? All right. Yeah. Speaking of clowns, let's move on to the reason we really gathered here today. And that is to discuss the presidential debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. First of all, what I'm wondering from you guys, before we even get into the content of this debate here, are you disappointed that Gary Johnson was not in the debate? I know that might seem a shoe-in for people that aren't libertarians listening to a libertarian podcast, if there anybody happened to stumble upon this. Of course we want Gary Johnson in the debate, but that actually is a, a subject of debate within libertarian circles, whether people actually would want him in this debate for various reasons. So what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Odie. You know,
2: I, I think I'm going to surprise some people and say I'm, I'm really – I think it was actually good for Gary Johnson that he wasn't in this debate because a lot of people that would vote for Gary Johnson watched this debate and just saw the ridiculous dynamics, the ridiculous interactions between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So I think in a weird way that Gary Johnson not being on stage actually helped him more than if he was on stage because if he was on stage – He would have been Gary Johnson, and he probably would have said something goofy or stupid or looked like he was having a seizure. So (laughs) I, I think it actually helped him. Howie, what about you?
3: Now, I think anyone that's on the ballot in all 50 states and has as many signatures as he's gotten deserves to be heard, and they're being shut out by the two parties. But I'm glad he wasn't in the debate. He's not a libertarian, and I don't want him up there representing me. You know what
1: I wish? I wish Gary Johnson was in the debate, but as an independent candidate, you know, like, like, like as a, as a candidate, as a guy compared to those two, I like him so much more. But then when you put that libertarian label on him, then we have to get into this spot where we're like, well, you're better, but you're saying all this stuff that's not quite libertarian. And then we have to go explain it to people afterwards, how we like you, but we don't agree with you on this and that. And it gets all, it gets all messy and dirty. So Rico, what do you think? Are you glad he was in, wasn't there? Wish he was there?
0: I actually watching the entire debate yesterday, I did not one time think, I wonder what Gary uh, would have (laughs) to say about any of these issues. Cause I I already know what he has to say. I'm not particularly enthusiastic about many of his positions. And just from the sheer entertainment value, I I enjoyed the Clinton Trump going back and forth. The the substance of their answers (laughs) left a lot to be desired, but the actual presentation was highly entertaining to me, at least without Gary Johnson in there at all.
1: So, um, I wonder, though, you know how they did that split screen? The, the Literally, this was—I work in television production, and this would be the easiest show to direct in history, because all the director had to do was take split screen, and then occasionally, once in a while, take Lester Holt's camera back to the split screen. That's that's your whole directing job, because they, they stayed on that split screen the whole time, and I'm pretty sure this was because of the issue where the Clinton campaign uh, requested a stool so that she appeared— similar in similar height to donald trump for whatever reason they denied her that uh and because of that i think they did not want to show a wide shot of both of them they never showed a wide shot during the entire debate if you guys noticed that they only had that split screen up showing their faces the entire time so i wonder if if if, if gary was in the debate if they would have had like a three-way split if you just see gary like making weird faces and sticking his tongue out the whole time or or how that would have worked but uh, i think they would
2: have made his box like significantly smaller
1: just, <laughs> just like <laughs> just like that picture in picture box it would just be in the corner <laughs> while they're on the big slit screen that is it would probably be it would be
2: good. moving around like bouncing off the sides <laughs> of the screen
1: <laughs> just gary johnson's wacky face a doodle just bouncing around while these guys are just giving their terrible answers and they never ask him a question he's just there for his reaction shot that would have been great that's how i would have produced the debate but you know maybe that's why i don't work for the uh commission on presidential debates maybe that, maybe, maybe that's why Yet, <laughs> if I'm elected to that co- to the commission, I will I will lead it only so I can disband it. That will be my, that'll be my mission statement.
3: Are you elected to it? I mean, it's a private. No, thing, it's a. It's it's not even... You're not
1: elected to it at all. It's a for people that aren't aware of this scam called the Commission on Presidential Debates. This is basically created. It's co-owned literally by the Democrat and Republican parties, and the entire purpose of its existence is to keep out other voices so that the Democrats and Republicans can withhold their. Monopoly, duopoly, whatever you want to call it on the political system because the vast majority of people, I mean, I I saw someone today on Facebook in a little conversation. This is like a a non-libertarian discussion that I just peeked my head into for a minute, but they said, you know, I think of the candidates running, Hillary is clearly the most qualified. But when he said candidates running, he really meant Trump and Clinton because to to the general public, even if they've heard of Gary Johnson, he's not running if he's not on the debate. And Gary was right when he said that. I mean, he needs to be in the debate to be taken seriously by anybody. So, I mean, the fact that he wasn't there. Odie, maybe you think it helped him. Maybe he did. I mean, I could see him being in a debate and and coming across worse. But I do think just seeing that there's a third option that the media is taking seriously enough to put them in a, in a debate would, would get people thinking about this differently. But you know, enough about Gary, because he's not here. And I'm going to host one week from now. Uh, actually, not one week from now. This coming Monday, I'm going to host an edition of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, since our friend Brian is giving up his Liberty Hood and getting married. So he doesn't have time to record a show this week. So let's get into it let's get into this debate starting off now actually the first thing they started off with the only time you actually saw trump and hillary standing next to each other is in that opening shot where they come up and shake hands and he does tower over her uh but did you guys uh, not to be a, a total fashionista here but did you guys find their outfits interesting at all because i kind of did
0: hillary uh, changed it up and actually had some color Bold yeah, mu- much better in the burlap
1: she yeah, sure he, did have color. She had bright, like, bright red like the freaking Kool-Aid man all she, over her.
3: She she went I'm pretty against sure the, it's communist rub. I think it's tradition, though, for the first debate, they each wear the other side's colors.
1: Oh, is that? I had never known that because that, that's what I thought was interesting, that she's wearing red. He's wearing a blue tie and a blue suit. And I was just yeah. like, oh,
3: weird. I, I believe they did that the last election, too.
1: Okay. Well, thanks Thanks for observing, Howie. Howie's so she, our, our presidential debate his, uh, fashion historian. So. so she decided to dress entirely in the other
2: side's color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That
0: so in her. the past, it's been exclusively just wearing a tie. So yeah. maybe that's why we never really picked up on it. Uh, yes, that's
2: right. Why can't women wear ties? You never see women wear ties. They want you know to be treated equally.
1: Yeah, why why, why, not? why can't males wear bright red suits to presidential <laughs> debates? <laughs> Who says hey, they can't? I don't know, but they never have.
0: If there's anyone that would change up that tradition, I think
1: Donald... Tim like Kane. if you're listening, I want you to wear a bright red suit at your v- vice presidential debate. Man, what do you think, Bill? would it be funny if Bill Weld got into the vice presidential debate when Gary never got into a presidential debate? They're like, well, Bill Weld's actually polling uh, 16% in this one uh, Quinnipiac obscure poll we found. So he actually made the VP debate.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually well su- surprised that debate. they... Uh, I'm surprised that they... Don't let people like that in the debate since they're so establishment. I mean, Weld was like for gun control. He wants to put liberals on the Supreme Court. He's pro Iraq War, Patriot Act, Obamacare. He's saying
1: all the right things to get he's, in. <laughs> he's a
3: CFR member, friends of Hillary
1: Clinton. Yeah, was, he's checking all the boxes. You'd think that he should yeah. be in there.
2: I, I honestly think if Weld was at the top of the ticket, it, w- it would be awful, first of all. But I think that. There's a very good chance he'll be above 15%, and he'll probably be in the debates.
1: Oh, yeah, because he would have gotten the endorsement from Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney would have called his buddies at the the, the commission, and and there you go. You got Weld, Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton. I mean— God, I don't even want to imagine this scenario, but God, red-faced Weld representing libertarians and and against these two, I mean, it would just be a disaster. So I'm definitely glad Bill Weld was not in this debate.
3: Well, if it was just Weld, though, he probably wouldn't even say anything about libertarianism or allude to the fact that he was – That's true.
1: He would probably never even make reference to it at all. So I guess that would be the good thing about Bill Weld. (laughs) All right, so let's move into this debate here. Um, You know, I hate every debate question ever, So, and I hate every – Tee, tee up of a topic for a debate because they're usually just presume that the president has certain magical powers. For example, the first topic, um, not the first question, but the first overall topic, the section of the debate they called the achieving prosperity section. Which the the way Lester Holt described it, he's basically saying how can the president make more jobs? That that's that's the summation of it. So, Hillary comes out with, um, well, good jobs will happen uh, with you know with, with rising income equality and in or we end income. In Inequality. She's t- she's hitting off those Democrats. She basically rattles off 15 Democratic talking points about about who we got to tax, uh, how we got to get more equality and in, in income, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Democratic talking point. Democratic talking point. And uh, Trump surprised me coming out because he was actually very low key. I thought to start off, just just, the, just his manner of speech. He was very calm, very relaxed. I mean, it was to me, it was patently obvious that he had he had really rehearsed the, his ability to to sort of speak slowly and he gets into talking about how ford is leaving michigan ford is leaving uh, you know companies are leaving ohio uh, we just can't allow this to happen and i thought that was funny he said you know we we can't allow these companies to leave you know which, which to me is looking at it the wrong way you want to you want to create an environment where companies don't want to leave because they are so free to pursue um and this is going to make me sound like a, a terrible capitalist, but to pursue profit, to pursue business, and he, the way Trump comes at everything is is like an authoritarian. Instead of saying something like that and creating a better environment for business, he just says we cannot allow them to leave. And I just I hate both their answers for for various reasons. What would you guys think about that first section?
2: Well, I, I think I think part of it with Trump, his ego gets in the way of him really looking at it logically because he does talk about both sides of it. He talks about lowering taxes lowering taxes on both individuals small businesses and and uh, large corporations but then he also talks about we can't let these companies leave so I'm going to stop these companies from leaving when he could just say you know these companies are free to do as they wish but I'm going to lower taxes and make it a, a good place where companies want to do business but I think his ego is so big he wants it to be that he's the one that is controlling things and uh, making it an environment where companies could thrive so i, I mean I, i'm not sure if that's if that's something that he's actively doing or if it's just subconsciously that's the way he thinks but i think that's what's yeah, happening
3: if, if he had kept it to cutting taxes cutting regulations not if you if you do move your business out of seas and you try to sell products here we are going to tax the shit out of them that's if you left that part out and was just i'm going to cut taxes i'm going to cut regulations make this a good place to do business and it would be good for everyone and uh, one thing mike you mentioned hillary was talking about uh economic Equality. I don't know if I misheard her, but did she say, "And Donald Trump believes that women shouldn't get paid equal to men unless they do equal work"?
1: You did not mishear that. I, oh. I think she said she might not say equal work, but she said unless they perform at the same level or, or something like that. I don't know the exact yeah, phrase. Like,
2: she, def- like, she definitely said that. She definitely that Oh yeah. D- that did too. she misspeak? Did she that? misspeak?
1: I don't know did if she, she misspoke.
2: i she mean
3: that? I, I honestly don't she, know.
2: She couldn't have meant that. That women deserve equal pay for less work.
1: I I mean, I've heard crazier think, things from the she mouse. <laughs> 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 oh, she
3: boy.
0: said something else that it was like just you're cleaning out your ear. She said she wants a tax system that rewards work. Um, so, but she wants to have more taxes. So, how does that? She really wants to work? tax
1: you more if you have higher income, which means you made more money, which means you, in theory, worked more or produced. So how, I don't know if you worked more hours, work? but you produced more value to somebody. So, how, I
3: thought, how does I that? You reward? tax things to like disincentivize them. If you don't want people to drink, you, you tax alcohol. If you don't want people to work, you tax the tax. Oh rules. no, Howie,
1: that applies to everything except income. You're forgetting. Oh. You're forgetting the rule. <laughs> yep.
0: So, so by re, to reward work, you're going to pay more in taxes. That. That's awesome.
1: I guess so. I like, I like had that. And the, the other thing that that really stood out to me from that opening section is how. Donald is clearly moving to the center. I mean, he said, "Oh, Hillary, Hillary, and I—we totally agree on on child care, which is you know code for government enforcing certain child care rules." Uh, maybe we disagree about the the numbers here and there, but but we agree on that. And then he goes into how he wants to, t- to cut taxes, uh, but never mentions cutting spending. He he actually seems to propose a lot more spending, infrastructure spending. Uh, military spending throughout the debate, uh, but he does want to cut taxes. So I'm all for cutting taxes. But if you're cutting taxes and spending more, well, where's that coming from? You're just well, going to inflate the, the currency. Uh, you're just going to borrow more money. I mean, and George, be t-
3: and that's coming yeah. from us, anyways. If they devalue our money, then you know it's 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 a secret tax.
1: It's all a tax. That's, I yeah, go ahead, Rico.
0: Oh, it's basically the George W. Bush school of uh, running the government: cut yeah. taxes, raise spending, and uh, <laughs> go from
1: there. Yeah, there you go. Hope it all works out. Send maybe send people a six hundred dollar check, and you know, hope they get happy from that. Uh, I also noticed Hillary; she really was trying to push this "I'm um, a blue collar gal" thing. She kept mentioning her dad and how I don't know what was he, he was a painter or a, a something. He fixed roofs. I don't remember. I think his career changed a couple times in the course of the night, but she she did kept keep referencing her dad and and blue collar roots. Did that strike to you as all because because really Donald Trump to me is is really. Been the blue collar candidate in terms of who he's going after. He's he's speaking about jobs and and jobs leaving for, from NAFTA from the TPP. And uh, Hillary seems to be trying to at least kind of reach out to that crowd a bit. I tell you what, her, oh, I, I think her absolutely. family,
3: her family the Rodhams are from Scranton, like I am. And when my great grandfather was the mayor of Scranton, he was shutting down the Roddams, uh brothels and illegal gambling dens. And I, I don't know if that's the kind of blue collar work. Hold on, she's did, talking did, did the about?
1: Rodham wealth come from? from prostitution and gambling is that what you're saying is this a breaking story here
3: no i mean this is known it's been in books and things but uh i mean this is the you know early 1900s i don't know maybe they cleaned up their act but in my great-grandfather's time that's what the rodhams were up to
2: Do you Well, think- hillary would never lie about her dad's profession no, so come on she would never mislead people or anything like that i'm sure she's telling the truth but it is kind of funny that when she talks about what her dad doesn't her dad did for a living, it seems like she doesn't even know what he did. When he when she was explaining it, it's like, I remember my dad would lay out this fabric ten feet long and he would take paint and he would squeegee it on there. It's like it <laughs> sounds like your dad was just a messy artist.
1: It doesn't even make sense. My dad loved the finger paint.
2: It was
0: interesting how she was kind of slamming Trump for taking a loan. Um Now, the rate of return on, say, he did get $14 million from his dad to build his business that's now worth billions of dollars. That doesn't seem to be an insult to me. It seems to me that he had a fabulous rate of return on that, whatever investment it was. So I didn't really see how that's a dig at him.
1: And that's what he, that was Trump's response, basically. He said, Yeah, I got a small loan from my dad. Small in Trump's world is, you know, a few million bucks. And he turned it into a multi billion dollar business. And we can argue all day long about, Trump's business ethics and, and all the things that people have pointed out about mistreating workers here and there. But in reality, by all accounts, he is reported as someone who's wonderful to work for. I mean, I mean, they might find, you know, a, a Hispanic maid here and there that, that has that can come up with something bad to say about him. But but in reality, I mean, this is this, these seem to be political talking points more than the reality of Donald Trump. As a businessman. Now, I know there are a lot of other issues with his use of eminent domain, um, you know, his lawsuits. I'm not saying there's not stuff to look at there. But but for the most part, when you compare Trump's business record to Hillary's government record, I mean, to me, there, there's no comparison. She has literally overseen and supported many disasters, including Iraq, Libya, Syria, funding jihadists. I mean, this stuff to me is so much worse than anything Donald Trump has done in the business world.
3: And you notice they didn't ask her about any of that stuff. No, of course not. The the moderator was so biased for Clinton. Like Trump got so many tough questions. They barely touched the email thing even.
1: Well, I saw something where Trump got six follow-up questions and Hillary got zero from the moderator.
0: Why does anyone care about his tax returns? Because I sure as – I don't. uh, (laughs) I don't care at all about that. I'm not remotely interested about what his uh, tax returns say.
2: (laughs) Well, I, I think I think the reason that it, people think it's so important is because he's basing a lot of his who he is on it. He's basing why he's going to be a good president on his on his business, on his business success. And one of the things that Mark Cuban hits him on, and I think he has a pretty good point. You talk about that. He only got a small loan from his dad. I mean, s- small loan, 14 million, whatever, small. Some people think it's small. Some people think it's big. Either way um what mark cuban says and others have pointed out is if he just simply invested that money in basically the stock market and in just index funds he would have more money today than he does right
1: now through his business dealings note to self borrow 14 million dollars and invest it in index funds
2: one <laughs> i Wait, mean it's, it's been it's been a huge bubble economy that's why the stock market's just a freaking phony Uh, I was glad
0: he – I I almost fell out of my chair when he pointed that out. I'm like Donald Trump is talking about the Federal Reserve manipulating uh, the stock market right now. Yeah, let's
1: go into that because that's the one thing that really struck me. Um, that Donald Trump, he said that, you know, he went off on Janet Yellen and the Fed being a political animal. And he said, what you guys need to understand is we are in a huge bubble right now, and this is not going to last. I mean, for a second, he almost sounded like Ron Paul. Not obviously nowhere near in- as bold in terms of calling for ending the Fed or anything like that. But I, I really don't think you'd be hearing Donald Trump. Talk about the Federal Reserve in 2016. If it weren't for Ron Paul in 2008 and 2012, when the Federal Reserve was just simply not discussed,
3: no doubt. And he definitely this is definitely one of his better moments during the debate. He had he had some good points. And another thing that I appreciated, which I don't think most Americans would have, was when Hillary was saying maybe he doesn't want people to see his tax returns because he didn't pay any federal income tax, and he said they would it would have got squandered. It's. And I, I had arguments with people about that today. They're like, oh, he didn't pay anything. You, he, you know, don't you want him to pay, pay his fair share? It's like, pay for what? For us to bomb the Middle East? For us to lock our own citizens in cages?
1: Uh, as, his if, money? <laughs> as if every single other human being out there doesn't try to pay as few taxes as possible.
3: Right. that I, That is the smart thing to do.
1: Like, I'm not going to yep. blame Donald Trump if he's hiring accountants to figure out how he can pay as little taxes as possible. That's what we all do. I hire an accountant to try to get me to pay as little tax as possible. I mean, it, why would I want to pay more taxes?
3: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's f- fine to me. What is not fine is using your position of power to enrich yourself and your family and to fleece the American citizens.
0: As yeah, yeah, the Clintons have done. It, was there any financial information or disclosure on the Clinton Foundation? I mean, maybe maybe there is. see, but. she
1: released her income tax returns, I believe, but the Clinton Foundation, everything you know so much money is funneled through there, and it's I don't. I mean, I don't know. I know there's been a lot of research done on that. I'm actually going to be interviewing in a couple of weeks. Uh, this guy, Chuck Dixon, he actually used to be the artist for Batman in the 90s. And he just did uh, the graphic novel edition of the Clinton Cash book, which is all about the Clinton Foundation and all the corruption. So stay tuned, folks, because in a couple of weeks, you will have a podcast all about that. But uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. I was
2: wasn't disappointed. That part, wasn't that part of a recent email hack that a lot of it was Clinton Clinton Foundation emails that showed that something like seventy percent of the people that were appointed by Hillary Clinton into different positions, government positions, had donated to the Clinton Foundation. Oh
1: yeah, it's a it's a giant rotating. I mean, th- there's so much out there about this i mean and it, this is all public information and i think the book clinton cash really just turns into a story a cohesive story that we can kind of see a progression on on how this all took place and and pointing out the various people and countries really that donated to this foundation and and seem to have received government benefits as a result
2: so is this guy afraid he's going to be killed i guess you can ask him that
1: nah, he's just maybe i will ask him that i mean he's just he's just the artist really Um, but I know that, you know, I wanted to interview him because I'm a comic nerd. So I thought that was pretty cool to get a chance to interview a guy who used to draw Batman in the nineties. Thought that was pretty sweet. So, um, that's why I reached out to him as opposed to the author of the actual book, but, but, um, he said yes. So it's happening. And uh, I know he, I know he didn't sign on to this project as just an artist. He's a, he's part of the creative influence on it. And he definitely has his, his own views on it. He was actually uh, interviewed by Milo Yiannopoulos recently as well. So I saw him doing the podcast circuit and. Being the good podcast host I am, I reached out, so it's happening. Uh, moving along, I, actually another, another point on this tax return thing. I thought Donald did uh, something brilliant to turn it around and say, I pled to release my tax returns when Hillary releases her 33000 deleted emails. And he kept saying, my lawyers tell me not to do it. My lawyers tell me not to do it. But I will do it. I will do it because I'm a good guy. I will release these returns as long as Hillary releases her 33000 deleted emails. I thought that was just – it's brilliant because he's so good <laughs> at, at turning things back on her, at, at taking anything – only
3: time the audience cheered, too, I think, during the whole thing. Yeah. Did you hear the moderator tell
0: him not to cheer, but they cheered a couple times for Clinton and he didn't say anything? Yeah, oh, I, I missed that. did the, happen.
1: Yeah, I think there's like either a written or unwritten rule in these presidential debates, which certainly wasn't there in the primary debates, that the audience is not really supposed. They're supposed to be like a neutral audience that doesn't really react to anything. But obviously they're human, so sometimes they're, they're going to. But I, I think that is the idea. But yeah, I only heard him call it out when it was for Trump. Uh, what, what did you guys think about this though, about the way he turned that around and brought it and kind of, well, not subtly, he didn't subtly bring it up, but he, he turned that tax return thing into a conversation about the emails. Uh, And it wasn't much of a conversation because as we said, no follow-up questions about it.
3: That was another great part of the debate for him. And it's, it seemed like after that and the federal reserve thing, he just, I don't know, I guess he's low energy because it just, uh, died off after that. He, he just seemed, uh, like a, a different debater after that. Well, I think the problem for him was
0: it's, and it was about an hour and 40 minutes. And with the Republicans, it was what, five people, 10 people? He could pick and choose his spots where this, it was back and forth the whole time. And I think he, he had a couple of talking points that he hit. He hit the Federal Reserve bubble, he hit the emails. Um, I like the follow up. He's like, "Oh no, it wasn't care. It wasn't a mistake. You did it intentionally." I, I liked he came back and and he hit the the TPP NAFTA thing about fifty times, and that was the only things that he could really talk about. I don't.
3: That was awesome. he's,
0: he's definitely not as um knowledgeable about all the issues as Hillary, but um, I, I think that's probably where it it came out where he just lost theme. Didn't and didn't have it.
1: And I'll give Hillary some credit. She she got some good lines in, um. In that debate, I think she was pretty good when she was saying, you know, there's something he's hiding. I guess we'll just have to keep guessing. And I, and I thought she was pretty good there. And we'll, we'll get to some other good lines she had a little bit later. But, and maybe that's because she she probably literally spent the last three weeks in a room, uh, rehearsing a debate against like a, a fake Donald Trump that they hired, which they actually do do. They, they, they have people in the campaign that act like the other person and they do these practice debates. And considering she hasn't really been out campaigning, she's probably done this a lot, which Donald Trump pointed out.
3: Was it just me or was her smile crazy? She just looks like a like Jack, Jack
1: oh, Nicholson uh, Joker. I, 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 I to was me. literally, me. I literally wrote down Hillary looks like the Joker. Yeah. I'm not she, sure if it's looked, the Nicholson Joker or if it's the animated series Mark Hamill Joker or if it's the new, uh, uh, what's his name, Jared Leto Joker or maybe the Heath Ledger one. It's one of them though. I tell you what she though, looked, I'd rather she like she have been the...
2: drugged, honestly. Looked like she was. Drug just to be up there to make it an hour and a half. They shot um, her
1: up worth a 90 minutes worth of like all the drugs she needed to be alert. And then, you know, I'm sure at like at like, you know, t- two minutes after the debate, she's collapsing backstage again.
3: I'd rather see one of those uh, creepy clowns outside my window, though, than that <laughs> smile staring in my window.
1: What's scarier, a creepy clown outside your window or Hillary Clinton smiling outside your window?
3: You need
0: to do a face by face comparison and, and link to that. Please. Who's I been responsible
3: me. for more deaths, Hillary Clinton or clowns?
1: Wow. I don't know. I, uh, all the clowns in the history of the world or Hillary Clinton. I think it might be Hillary. <laughs> it's got to be, right? All the, i don't A clown's never launched a war in the Middle East or, or overseen a coup, as far as do I we, know. Do we know that? We as don't know. As long as we're not
3: counting George Bush as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Well, we since we circled back to clown talk, I think this is a good time to take a little break and get a quick word from our sponsors And we're back. (laughs) We are back. Be sure to check out those other great libertarian podcasts. So many great libertarian podcasts out there. But hey, don't check them out until you listen to your lines of liberty, of course. But good friends of ours, Roger Paxton, Johnny Rocket, Johnny Adams, some call him Johnny Rocket if you're close like me, Chris Spangle, all doing great work out there. So be sure to check all of their stuff out. And uh, getting back to this debate stuff. Now uh the, the other section they moved on to I hated the names of these sections like the first one was just called like a uh, achieving prosperity and then the next one was America's direction like what do the what do these things even mean America's direction um but this is the kind of kind of vague sort of uh platitudes you're going to get in these debates so uh but but America's direction a prop, uh, apparently is all about talking about race and racial tensions because that's that's the direction they went in it. So I actually thought Hillary started off with a pretty good statement. She was talking about how there's a lot of disparity in the in the justice system. Um, of course, she doesn't mention how her and her husband helped craft laws that helped create that disparity even further. But you know that's neither here nor there. Um, but until she got to. And we have to address the gun epidemic. And every time I hear this phrase, gun epidemic, what are you going to do about the gun epidemic? It drives me crazy because it's literally coming from nowhere. It's coming from, I saw a news story about a guy that shot some people, so I think there's a gun epidemic. Gun deaths, gun violence has been declining in the United States for over 20 years, as gun laws across the nation in many states and municipalities have been liberalizing and allowing more freedom to carry. So how does this I mean, it's, it's totally a contradiction against reality when people say there's a gun ep- epidemic, as if something new is going on here, where the reality speaks completely differently. If anything, it's less of a problem than it's been for the last 20 years, since since the 90s. So I, I don't know where this reality comes in or this lack of reality. It seems just to just be a liberal talking point that's out there, but does this, does this stuff drive you guys crazy i know it does it does and it may
3: be a liberal talking point but this is a part of the debate where i was super disappointed in Donald trump too being for stop and frisk and both of them want to keep anyone who's on a terror watch list from buying a gun a, a, wa- a watch list where there's no due process of getting on and once you're on either rightfully or unrightfully so it's impossible to get off you don't even know that you're on until you try to fly or i guess if they have their way purchase a firearm to really defend yourself and it's what just said
0: in re- in To that point was just ridiculous. He's like, and if you're on the the list by mistake, we'll help you get off the (laughs) the same people that put you on it without due process are going to help. you. We'll help you. Yeah. Donald Trump will send a a
1: team of a team of his best people to come cajole you and, and get you through the process. It'll it's going to be happen. quite
2: quite the opposite, I think. They'll be helping people that they don't like to get on the list, like the IRS audits people that, that you know the government has a problem with. I think there might be some people that might end up on the terrorist watch list. You lose your guns. Oh, too bad.
3: And they were saying the NRA is for this, too. It's like all these people are thinking, oh, this is just for Muslims. Well, until Hillary's elected, then it's right-wing extremists. You're terrorists now, and you can't have guns. We're going to put you on a list. And it's...
1: Has the NRA... I mean, I know they have endorsed Donald Trump, but... Have they well, actually said they're in favor of the no-fly list?
3: Donald Trump said so during the debate. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's not true. I, I no, guess. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure they have.
1: Get I, I Hillary Clinton's fact-checkers on this, man. But, How often did she call for those uh, fact-checkers, huh? That,
0: that was driving me crazy, too, because if there's one person in the world I could trust less to give me actual facts, I, I, I couldn't think of it than Hillary Clinton. And
1: like,
2: nobody's
3: going to she- go to her damned website either. <laughs>
2: And of course, every liberal on Facebook that I'm friends with was posting the fact checking on Politico, follow along with the debate. You
1: know, shut up. All right. Just watch the debate. (laughs) I like that rebuttal. You know what? Shut up. I wish I
3: I wish Trump had been like, you want to talk about some facts? Here's some facts about you in Saudi Arabia. Here's some facts about you and the Clinton Foundation. Here's some facts about you and your emails. Here's some facts about what you did uh, selling uranium to the Russians. And you're saying I'm in bed with Putin there's yeah. a lot of, fa- there's lot of facts. He, he didn't he didn't go wants, for the jugular
1: yeah. nearly as much as he could have. I mean, he did make a lot of remarks. I mean, uh, Odie, why don't you tell everybody about the Sidney Blumenthal thing? Since you actually did a little bit of uh, follow up research into that, the comment he was making. He this was a little bit later in the debate, but uh, you know, they're they're bringing up birtherism and how you know Trump tried to get the uh, you know Obama's birth certificate, which he takes credit for. Which I mean, I don't know if he's the reason, but it is true that the birth certificate came out not that long after Donald Trump made this bombastic statement on TV about getting the birth certificate. So, I, I
3: thought we never saw the real birth certificate, though. Well, I'm not a, a birth or anything. I would totally believe he's born in America. Neither they claim There are his people his that claim that that is
1: not the real birth certificate, that it's a Photoshop. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't I know. It, was, it,
3: it wasn't like the long form one or something. I don't know. I never
1: really thought. You know, that, there's so. all sorts of Alex Jones controversy about it. I think it's kind of a, a red herring. I don't really care where the guy was born because there's much, much bigger yeah, problems. It, but, it doesn't
3: matter, right? Yeah. His mom's an American citizen. So but uh,
1: the truth of the matter is that Hillary Clinton is calling that racist, but her campaign – was down and dirty with all that stuff in 2008 when she was running against Obama. Um, but anyway, Odie, do you want to, do you want to give us a little more insight on the Sidney C- Blumenthal? Thing? <clears throat> um, I mean, basically
2: I, I was a little bit perplexed as, as why, why Trump just didn't try to brush it off and why he, you know, really attacked Hillary Clinton on it and was pointing out, as you said, the ties that Hillary Clinton did have someone on her campaign staff. I think someone who was paid on her campaign staff that, that was tied in with Sidney Blumenthal trying to expose that Obama, or maybe just, you know, make some smoke where it make some smoke, make people think that Obama is not from the United States. But I was wondering, why the hell would Trump bring this up? Why would he bring up Sidney Blumenthal? What's what the hell's the point in this? He could just he could go in so many different directions that would be, you know, not down in the weeds and kind of rise above it and say, oh, I'm done with that. We're like, why we're name this specific the guy? People. But yeah, he names a specific guy. And I thought, why would we do that? So, Today I Googled Sidney Blumenthal, Hillary Clinton, and what came up was all of the emails between, you know, Hillary Clinton's thirty thousand lost emails from her private email server. Hillary Clinton was corresponding with Sidney Blumenthal, who used to work for Bill Clinton, and was sharing with Sidney Blumenthal tons of classified information, and he was giving, he was really advising her. And I, I think, I don't think it's a mistake. I think. Trump slipped that in there, knowing that people would think, Oh, who's Cindy Blumenthal? What's he have to do with Hillary Clinton? And then I mean, it's something that kind of just, just is, you know, just under there, just just slid in and will have an effect. I, I don't know if it'll, it'll have an effect or not. Um but it's it can't hurt Trump, I don't think.
3: Oh, yeah, I think it's actually more related. I, I'm fairly certain that he was one of the people close to her campaign that were trying to spread that rumor that he was either a Muslim or, or not born well, here yeah, or he, something.
1: He was also involved with, with spreading that photo of him in like the Muslim garb yeah. or whatever, which is which is definitely put out by the Clinton campaign uh, as, as part of this. I mean, to me, that's more racist. Oh, look, Obama's a Muslim. Now, they didn't say that. But if they're putting out that picture, it's obviously for a reason. Or, you know, I'm not saying Trump is better, but I mean, it's clear that, that everything that Hillary criticizes Trump for in regards to this birtherism thing, she's equally, if not more so, guilty of.
3: Right. I and they, they after the debate, they mentioned firing somebody who had been spreading that kind of stuff, but I'm sure that's just because they got caught and they need to blame somebody who wasn't Hillary Clinton.
1: I'm uh, sure so, yeah, well, still got a career. So. That's,
2: that's, that's I, just their story. They have a scapegoat. They got rid of the one guy, it was just one bad apple, you know.
1: Yeah, it's this little, this pesky little intern, Francis, who just got that photo and spread it around. He's gone, though. Don't worry.
3: Yeah, but it's kind of true that her campaign started the whole thing. Granted, Trump picked up the ball and ran with it, but... I don't think
0: Obama's forgotten that, because with the whole thing of, of her emails, he let her twist in the wind quite a while, it seemed like, before he even ever endorsed her as the Democratic candidate. I bet he still has quite a bit of resentment from that 2008 campaign. So sure. she she really doesn't have much uh, room to stand on calling out Trump for the birther thing. And, and they definitely asked way too many follow-up questions on that issue, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the only one, again, that got follow-up questions. I mean, which I think if you're going to have follow-up questions, they got to be somewhat equally dispersed among the candidates. You can't just give one candidate six follow-up questions and the other one zero, especially someone there's a lot to follow up on with Hillary I mean come on there's a lot um, another thing Hillary mentioned in, the, in this section um, she said we're glad, she's glad we're ending private prisons at the at a federal level and she says something I actually agree with she said we shouldn't have a profit motivation to fill prison cells with young Americans uh, my issue is, you know the profit motive doesn't stop with private prisons. The profit motive is there all throughout the war on drugs. The profit motive is there for judges, for prosecutors, for prison wardens—not even private prison wardens, government prison wardens—for uh, the unions that that you know set the wages for all the prison guards. There are so many people that profit. Off of the uh, the criminal justice system, off of the war on drugs, all throughout government, and yet Hillary tries to take that issue and because they're only focusing on a tiny, tiny number of, of federally private prisons, acting like she's a champion of liberty here on this issue, and that that just drives me crazy because I really think the private prison things, I, I think there is probably possibly some issues with them, but I think it's really a distraction from the overall issue that that profit motive is still there. All across the board and, and the drug laws all across the country.
3: A, a thousand times more, too, because there's right. barely any private prisons. It's it's mostly benefiting the, you know, the prison workers and the judges and that. And uh, it's just it's a it's a red herring mark.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's how police departments get funding. They get funding based on drug arrests. That's it's basically how they function. That's how they buy all this military equipment. Or, I mean, or if you want it. to Sometimes hear more just, just about it, given to
3: them, but. if you want to hear more about it, Mark your interview with was M- Michael Wood was that his name? The uh, ex Baltimore cop.
1: Not only did I interview Michael Wood, and I'll I'll link to that in the show notes, but um, John, I believe you've got an interview, a follow up interview with him coming on a future episode of Felony Friday. So why don't you plug that one real quick?
2: Yeah, that's coming up. My interview with Michael Wood is coming up. Not this Friday. It's coming up October seventh. So we're gonna have Michael Wood on. And I don't know if if the listeners out there have heard Michael Wood. He's been on Joe Rogan twice, both awesome interviews. And
1: now Lions of Liberty twice. So the guy's hitting, all, hitting all the biggest podcasts. And but he, he does. He's
2: he's a great guy. I like him. But he is a, he's a progressive. So he is in favor of gun control so in the second part of the show um, we got it's it's already recorded it's in the bag i'll tell you right now it, it's 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 gonna be good listening we got pretty heated so i definitely tune in for that
1: i can't wait i love when Odie gets heated and it's usually not on the podcast so
2: <laughs> yeah, my, my wife was asking me why were you yelling up there what was it? oh wow yeah, there's it, yelling it, it was like we i mean after the podcast we, we were fine it was it was good but yeah
1: yeah Alright, well that's that's a little teaser, what we call a high level teaser. Haven't done one of those in a while. So high level teaser, check out Felony Friday, which well, check out every Friday, but check out Michael Wood on october 7th i'm really looking forward to that i'm really looking forward to it also because i heard his interview with dave smith dave did a great job but dave was a little outmatched when it co- came to talking about the specifics of guns because he doesn't own guns he's not a gun guy he believes in the right to own them but that's really much as far as he can go with it whereas Odie, i know you're you're a lifelong gun owner hunter and i know you have a little more knowledge on those issues than, than dave does so i'm looking forward to hearing it
2: i'll leave it at that
1: there you go uh, but as Howie, as you mentioned, uh, uh, one thing that also drove me crazy in, in this section is is how much Donald Trump loves stop and frisk. Because, you know, I want to like Donald Trump. I really do. Like, I I hate Hillary so much. She's so patently awful to me. You know, part of me wants to like Donald Trump. I mean, he makes me laugh a lot sometimes. Maybe not for great reasons. Maybe not for PC reasons. But his mannerisms and and when he gets all anti-Hillary, it makes me want to like him. But then he has to say some terrible things, whether it's torturing people, whether it's stop and frisk. And to me, stop and frisk is... A, it's patently racist. B, it's patently anti-Fourth Amendment. Uh, I mean, for people that don't know, Stop and Frisk is basically a program they had in New York City where basically the cops would stop young black kids and frisk them to see if they had drugs or guns. And yeah, yeah, uh, they got drugs and guns from people. That's that's what's going to happen when you frisk everybody that's a, that's a young black youth. But um, – it's a completely, uh, it's completely illegal. I mean, it should be anyway, uh, completely unconstitutional and it's completely wrong. And he said, you know, the, the great thing about stop and frisk, yeah, you, know, you can't do it everywhere, but in certain cities, it, the fact is it works. Look at the crime rates. The crime rates went, went way down. Well, but you know, you know how you can drop these same crime rates without violating people's rights. You can just end the damn war on drugs. That's an idea. You can just stop, you know, stop these, making these things illegal in the first place And that's the only reason people are hiding their guns and their drugs in their big baggy pants or whatever, because they're illegal, and they gotta protect their stash because for a lot of us, it's the only way they can live, it's the only way they can earn some money to feed their mom or feed their kids. So, maybe instead of You know, violating everybody's rights, we just, uh, you know, tone back those drug laws a bit. But that's not on Donald Trump's agenda uh, at all, at least not not on his stated agenda. So how they have this whole section talking about racial relations and crime and and barely even mentioning the war on drugs. Hillary made a vague reference to mandatory minimums, again, something she's a part of instituting. uh, But really, how they could have this entire conversation, never talk about the war on drugs. I would say it's baffling, but considering who's up there. And that is when I do actually wish Gary was up there, because Gary Johnson would actually bring up the war on drugs. Um, maybe he's not as great on it as they want, because they've got the statement, well, we're only for the legalization of marijuana, technically. But when he speaks about the war on drugs and he's allowed to go off, he is actually very good on this subject. And um, that, that 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 perspective is just totally lacking here.
0: Yeah, I would say in addition to that, just Trump in general is not really big on what would someone call the Bill of Rights? <laughs> he, he no, he's big on two
1: wor- two words. I got two words. He says law and order. Well, last time I checked, the Bill of Rights was the law. So,
0: yeah, he he's not a big fan of the freedom of the press, uh, freedom of speech, uh, the Fourth Amendment, private property. So I guess he's not great on individual rights as a whole. That's what I'll say about Trump.
1: All right. Any, any other thoughts on this section, Odie uh, Howie? It's
2: Yeah, it's it's this just stuck out to me. The first time I thought about Gary Johnson being on stage was when they both agreed on stop and frisk. And I was like, well, that really sucks. That sucks. (laughs) Both these people, one of these two is going to be president. And they're both in favor of, of, you know, basically violating Fourth Amendment rights whenever they want to. So
1: I think they'll have national stop and frisk.
2: Actually, wait a minute. They, they Both of them weren't in favor. Was Hillary against stop and frisk? I'm thinking of the no-fly list.
1: Yeah, I, yeah I think she,
2: was, she contradicted. She, she, she was coming out was against saying. it. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah that's weird. You'll think she'll she, be in favor of it.
0: Was she, I think because there's been more recent studies, contrary to what Trump said, that uh, indicated that stop and frisk really didn't um, have any positive impact on the reduction of crime. So there was something recently about that. Um, so she I'm sure just her general tendency to go which way the wind blows.
3: She- yeah, I think it's more that uh, polling says that's not popular among liberals right now. So she says she's against it.
2: There
0: but, you, go. you know,
3: back, back when it was super predators at a crackdown on, I'm sure she would have been for it. So, yeah, so just, uh,
2: just one more thing on yeah. stop and frisk. I mean, yeah, things can be really safe if you have things like stop and frisk. Just look at Cuba where you have to be indoors by like 9 p.m. or you get. Pretty much arrested if you're outside. So, yeah, everything's safe. There's no crime, but you have no liberty. So,
1: which one do you want? Moving into this last section here, this is with, was a section about security, which I guess uh, encompasses a lot of things. It encompasses, uh, well, they, they started off talking about cybersecurity, and, and which is just, I mean, it's hilarious because we have Hillary Clinton up there talking about cybersecurity, and and I mean, we don't need to go through her email thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donald Trump never sent an email, although he he's big on Twitter. He does love Twitter, so he knows that much. Uh, the there couldn't be two less qualified people to talk about cybersecurity, and this is a moment where I just pictured an alternate reality where John McAfee somehow gets the libertarian nomination, hits fifteen percent, gets in these debates. Boy, how fun would that be? I mean, not oh. even in just the cybersecurity section where I think he could actually school them, but but everything. I mean, every everything we've talked about, it, would, it would, the, imagine the whole imagine thing. John McAfee just being in this. It just he, it just occurred he's so to
3: passionate. me. so passionate. It would it would have been um I mean He's not the biggest book-read libertarian, but he understands freedom. He's so passionate about it, and he's so knowledgeable about these such important issues like cybersecurity, which uh, – what's Trump's experience? His 10-year-old son owns a couple computers, and so is, I guess he's going to ask him for advice. And
1: My son, he, he beat Mega Man in two hours, OK? I know a lot about cybersecurity and how to defeat uh, level nine of Mega Man. Anyway, Mega Man's actually a very hard game. I've been playing it again recently. Uh, for, I bought it on for like five bucks on my Wii. A little side tangent for you guys. Holy shit, how did we play these games when we were kids? Like, that is a hard game. I know this is completely off subject, but I, I was playing it for like an hour and I cannot believe how hard it was. Cause, but you don't, this is not like games nowadays where you hit continue and you, and you move along. No, you die, you're dead. You gotta start from the beginning. You have to go beat every level you beat again. It's really awful. We need the government to step in and make, yeah, and no make, these, make, make these old, old games, old Nintendo games playable for adults.
3: Make Nintendo great again.
1: Yes, make Nintendo great again. There you go. <laughs>
2: the one thing that Trump did do with that comment, though, about talking about his son and how good he is with computers, is everyone over the age of 50 who has kids or grandkids like, yeah, I agree with you. Our My kids son's got computer too. computers too. You know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> I don't understand why these people over the age of 50 aren't good at computers. It's like you were alive the whole time we've had computers from the beginning. Why, Like, why don't they get it? I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my dad just recently started texting my and my mom, which is just, blows my mind because I didn't get a VCR till I was like 15. So they've always been behind behind the times a bit. But I mean, they did their first text 10 years later. So I guess I get it. They're actually around Donald Trump's age. So my, my parents actually might have more knowledge of, of cybersecurity than Donald Trump, <laughs> which is which is frightening um but i okay one b- brilliant part of the section though when when hillary brings up you know she's going off about security and and putin and russia and of course donald trump and putin are best friends and and she's like and 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 russia even hacked the dnc just to help donald trump and then donald trump brilliantly flips it on her and it's like you know you you're you're going off about who who hacked the dnc And then you're ignoring what's in the hacks. The fact that the – I think this is so brilliant of him to point out. The DNC conspired against Bernie Sanders. So he's reaching out to the frustrations of Bernie Sanders supporters who you don't think would support Donald Trump – but who knows that he's reaching out to them and saying, look at this bullshit. Look how the DNC screwed over your guy here. And she was all a part of it. I mean, that's what he's saying right there. I thought that was absolutely brilliant of him to do. And then he he also had said something ridiculous and hilarious where he's like, Yo, you don't know who hacked, which is true. She's just deciding it's Russia. No one knows that Russia hacked the DNC. That's completely made up. It might be true, but it's a, just a, a random guess. Uh, but he said, that's basically what he said. He said it could have been Russia and uh, no, it could have been uh, Julian Assange. I don't think he said that, but he, it could have been a, a guy in his bed who weighs 400 pounds, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Like, I don't know where he came up with that, but I, I'm sure there's a 400 ga- pound guy laying in bed, hacking something right now, watching it. That was like, you bastard. <laughs> it's it's
2: kind of it's hey. weird that, that that image just popped in his mind right then. A 400 pound guy sitting on his bed.
1: You just watched <laughs> hey. like an
0: episode of The Simpsons, um, the comic book guy. He's like, yeah.
1: Worst, uh, worst debate ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually
3: man. was hoping for a lot more from this debate. I was hoping Hillary would pass out or something or – I don't know. I they begin- ended
0: it at a weird time. Like they ended at 1041. I, I expected it to go to 11, so maybe Hillary sent like a, a secret message that she was like on her last legs. And uh, it, was,
1: it was supposed uh, to be a 90-minute debate supposedly straight oh, okay. through, which, which to me yeah. in theory would have – I, I mean, I think would have advantaged Trump because, I mean, if you guys remember that p- debate in the primaries where they came back for commercial and Hillary just wasn't there because she had to take a potty break and she couldn't get back in time. I mean, that, that's, that's what I, the image I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of this 90-minute debate. But man, I don't know. She's got, she got a team of doctors and, and massage therapists and I don't know what, but they, they got her straightened out. And I, I will say, we've, t- we've talked a lot about Trump here, but for what it's worth, I don't like Hillary Clinton at all. I thought she did a pretty good job for considering the expectations I had of her. I mean, she got a few good lines in. She seemed alert. Um, she also seemed like a non-human, which I think is is why. Now, the media just has decided that, that Trump lost this debate. That that's, that's just being reported everywhere because Hillary had all the checkboxes. She acted presidential. She had more knowledge on the issues, all of which I would totally agree with. The problem with this theory is is that they are assuming that people vote based on president's grasp of the issues. And that is not how people vote. (laughs) People vote based on their emotions. They vote, for the most part, based on what candidate makes them feel better about clicking that trigger— and i think considering these two were polling about even before this and and the biggest concerns of donald trump are that he's crazy and flies off the handle i think the biggest thing he had to accomplish in this debate was t- to prove that he can be s- presidential or somewhat presidential and compared to his performance in the primary debates i think he kind of achieved that now he did he did go off the rails a little bit in this last section of the debate uh he went on a whole rant about you know, Hillary, I heard you talking to someone behind a blue screen, and you were you were totally out of control. I, I don't know what, what the hell that criticism was. And Hillary actually got – like I said, she had a few good lines. She did get a really good line in. She said, a, a man who can be provo- provoked by a tweet should not be anywhere the, near the nuclear codes, which I, I mean it's stupid, but I, I did think it was a pretty good line. I, I, I
2: think I know what, what Trump was talking about with that. It's just Don Dombey now. Have you All guys right. seen that short video? Of Hillary saying, "I should be fifty points ahead by now." Oh, think, that
1: one. That, I think okay. he was talking about that. I'm, I'm not I sure. Think, I think you know what? I think you're exactly right. It's a video where Hillary, is, she's just talking, and I, I guess there's another person on the other end of the, the screen, but they never cut to them. It's Hillary, and she just starts raising her voice. She goes, "I can't, I can't even believe that we're tied in the polls. I should be up by fifty points." And she starts just, she just turns into a maniac for like thirty seconds, and then calms yeah. down again. It was, it was weird. It's like the drugs wore off, and then. And someone behind her just like shot her with with whatever pen she uses to to calm herself down, and then she went back into like robotic Hillary mode. So yeah, maybe that is what he's talking about.
3: I mean, I think she won the debate, but
1: does Donald that, Trump does that he, matter? <laughs> Donald Trump.
3: I mean, that's that's a battle in the war. Donald Trump won some other things. I mean, he he showed some restraint for what he normally does. I mean, he didn't make any dick jokes. He. Uh, you know, relatively did not fly off the handle. And especially for like the first half tried to be presidential. He, uh, he didn't get into, uh, some of the family issues. I mean, he, he couldn't help but bring up, like, I could say something, but I'm not going to, but at least he didn't, you know, go down that road.
1: He's, he, so he said I, he basically think, said afterwards that the reason he didn't bring up the Bill Clinton stuff is because Chelsea was in the audience and he didn't want to bring it up out of respect.
0: Well, There's a couple other things like going on with your point, Mark, where the media saying Hillary won the debate. For her to really win the debate, I think she had to come off as more likable than she has in the past. And to me, she didn't at all. Um, I couldn't stand her smug smile every time he would go after her. uh, There were legitimate points he went after on, and she would just – Do that smile and ignore it and then not have to answer the question. So she didn't win any points by becoming more likable. In
1: the the minds of people that already like Hillary, that's winning. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) So she's not going to convince anyone that doesn't already support her. I mean, maybe she did, but. The people that Look say at that smile. Won,
1: You've won me over, yeah, Hillary.
0: The people that say she won the debate already liked her. So they're just reinforcing their preconceived notions. And the other thing is, this is Trump's first debate, you know, really one-on-one. He's not a politician. Um, she is. She's been probably doing these debates for decades. So he passed well enough, I think, on his first try. And going forward in the future, I think he's going to do better. He's going to kind of hone his uh, attack points he's probably going to go more into the clinton foundation uh, again with the emails again with the tpp and nafta and he's going to focus more in on those points and not let her off the hook as much and perhaps next time a moderator would actually ask her the tough follow-up so considering their uh, experience level i think he he did pretty well overall
3: i think she won but she did not get a knockout blow and this thing is still a completely wide open race i think it's can go either way there's still a lot of time there's two more debates who knows what scandals or leaks are going to come out who knows what health issues might come about i mean it's we're we're, we're still at uh where we were i think before the debate it it can go either way all
2: right so the thing thing about hillary clinton is i mean everyone knows who she who she is um, there's no one on the fence on Hillary Clinton. They're not saying, oh, I don't know. She's just eh, OK, I, I don't have an opinion on Hillary Clinton. People either like her or they hate her. It's one or the other. And you're not going to go from hating Hillary Clinton to watching a debate to voting for her. It's just not going to happen. And people have speculated that a lot of Gary Johnson people or a lot of people voting for Jill Stein are going to come back to Hillary Clinton. I, I just don't think that's going to happen because people just don't like her. They don't trust her. And there's nothing she can do about that.
3: This is just anecdotal, but I live in Virginia, and last weekend I drove up to Pennsylvania uh, to help my mom with some stuff. And I saw a ton of Trump signs on the way. I didn't see one single Clinton sign anywhere.
2: There you go. I can say the same thing in uh, western PA and central PA. It is out in rural, the rural countryside. It's incredible how many Trump signs there are. And I've seen maybe one Clinton sign in the near the city and maybe 10 or 15 Gary Johnson signs.
1: Well, I'm out here in California, as you guys know, and I don't see Trump stuff, obviously, but I don't see Clinton stuff either. I, I used to see a lot of Obama stuff, a lot of Obama signs, a lot of bumper stickers. I maybe see the occasional I'm with Hillary bumper sticker. What I see more still is Bernie Sanders stuff. I still see those people. I see Bernie Sanders signs, Bernie Sanders stickers. I don't see a lot of enthusiasm for Hillary. So I think most of Hillary's base are people just resigned to her, if anything else, which is not a strong base to go hey, off Hey, of.
3: did you guys see that Jane Sanders retweeted a video of uh, Bernie saying that if he's ever like saying to vote for Hillary, not to listen to him?
1: No, but you told us about it. So why don't you tell us more about it?
3: Well, that's. Pretty much the story. Did. I didn't actually. I didn't actually pull up the tweet or anything, but from the news articles I saw, she, somebody, I think, uh, posted the video of him saying that. You know, if I'm ever telling you to vote for Clinton or who to vote for, don't don't listen to me. And she retweeted it like recently. Hmm. Interesting. So I mean, maybe he's, you know, being forced to play the game, but she's trying to let people know, don't they screwed us? So- <laughs> don't
1: vote Trump he, he has to say this but don't do it they're literally going to kill him if he doesn't
0: oh my god if he came out before the election and supported Trump there'd be <laughs> oh my god mass the, head's exploding the world so would be the, hey, great they yeah, have
1: maybe. more some they have more similarities i think than bernie and Hillary do honestly. He's for
3: socialism. Trump's for national socialism. You know? There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I but mean, they're we... bo- they're both against the TBP and and Hillary, and I believe legitimately against TBP. Whereas Hillary obviously cannot be trusted. She, she... helped write the damn thing. Oh god. Yeah.
3: The, the... Hillary oh. and Johnson are for it. Trump and Bernie are against it. What a weird world we live in. She she was not for
0: it once it became unpopular though. So well, she had, to, she read she had to read it. She had to read it
1: after she wrote it before she could be against <laughs> it.
2: she she said she said for a while well i can't speak on the tpp yet i'm not sure
3: i think it was our my governor uh mccall said um she's like oh no don't worry she'll actually she'll pass it don't listen she's just saying it now
1: (laughs) i'm sure that's true Uh, i I am too why don't we wrap things up with um we already kind of did final thoughts so why don't we just make a quick prediction between now and the next debate. Now, the next debate is October 9th. There is a VP debate in there on the 4th. Uh, We're not going to do a podcast for that, guy. Sorry. We're just not. There's too much going on. Uh, We will maybe touch on the VP. Debate when we discuss the next presidential debate. If there's anything of note, uh, if, if Bill Weld sh- here, that's what I'll pledge. If Bill Weld shows up for the VP debate and gets into it, we will cover that thing. But otherwise, and of course, you can we will talk about that debate. We will have a live blog. What we do is we have a live blog, a live discussion group going in our private Facebook group, the Lions of Liberty Forum. So if you want to be a part of that, just type Lions of Liberty Forum in your Facebook search bar. We'll also link to it in today's show notes at slash 249. So go ahead check that out. Join the conversation. We'd love to have you guys. But until then, let's make some predictions. First, right now, for the most part, national polls have them about even Trump and Hillary. So why don't we predict, A, if that's going to change and in what direction, and B, if there's any chance in the world that because of what people have seen from this debate, that maybe Gary Johnson gains some traction. Is there any chance that he gets into the next debate? We will start with Odie.
2: Well, I guess uh, on the Gary Johnson part first, no, he's not going to make the next debate. I think we might see a little bit more fired up and passionate and maybe desperate Gary Johnson between now and the next debate. But I really don't think it's going to help him. I mean, I, I just don't think there's another you know six or seven percent or whatever he needs to get to 15. So it's just it's it's not going to happen. Um, when you talk about Clinton and Trump. Where they're going coming into the debate, Trump had the momentum. He was a couple percentage points ahead in most polls. I think it was back and forth a little bit. And in the uh, what do they call them, the battleground states, he he was you know making up a lot of ground and he had a, a clear path to the nomination, as they say. I really don't think that's going to change much. Um, I don't think Trump's going to expand the lead, but I really don't think Hillary's going to overtake Trump after this debate.
1: All right, Howie, what's your prediction?
3: uh johnson will not be in the next debate
1: i think that one was just too easy i don't even know why i I think
3: hillary's (laughs) poll numbers are gonna go up she's gonna get a little bump from this but my guts tell me i think trump's gonna win the election
1: all right we skipped, we skipped to the election prediction. I was going to save that for our third debate show, but no, no worries. Um, <laughs> but we'll do that every time. I think, I think most of us – well, I don't know. What do you think, Rico? What's your prediction here? And then you might as well give your election prediction. I already know that Odie thinks Trump is going to win, and that's, yep. the, that's what I believe as well. And this all goes against uh, what everybody I know is telling me is going to happen.
0: I think a Clinton will go up a point or two, and I think she's going to hold a steady lead even right up until the day of the election and Trump is going to win by three to four percentage points in the election. Wow. I think he's going, he's going to underperform in the polls and overperform at the ballot box,
1: which he pretty much has done throughout this, throughout the primary for the most part. Uh, and then, uh, can I presume you also agree that Gary Johnson will not <laughs> be in that debate? <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree. And I was actually thinking like, just in a hypothetical world where they did hit fifteen percent and um, the Libertarian got in the uh, VP debate, could you see Bill Weld sending Gary Johnson to do the VP debate? Because they're kind of <laughs> like co-presidents, right? Hey, Gary,
1: uh, I'm not. I, I'm not feeling this. I got to go stick my face in the freezer. Why don't you go handle this debate?
0: Because <sighs> he's really running the show. So that would have been funny, but it wouldn't
1: happen anyways.
0: So no need to worry.
1: All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think we've talked just enough about this debate. Um, Maybe not enough about Mega Man, not enough about clowns, but that's why you guys are going to keep tuning back. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher Radio, subscribe however you listen to the show. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a great review because that stuff really does help us expand the show and get to more of those earbuds out there and really advance this conversation about the ideas of liberty. Until next time, next time being this Friday, another edition of john utterman's felony friday john do you want to give him a quick preview of this Friday's show we know what's going on in two weeks with michael wood yeah it's
2: uh it's myself and brian mcwilliams from oh, he's uh, back from liberty hood fame from gary johnson liberty hood fame he has joined me on felony friday to talk about some felonies trending in the news
1: are we going to hear a little is it a crime and should anyone do time
2: of course of course all back.
1: right well That gets me excited. So I will be tuning in on Friday as I hope the rest of you are all. And be sure to keep tuning in because we're going to have more great interviews, more great conversations about the ideas of liberty and, of course, more presidential debate coverage in the month to come. Until next time, folks, are you guys ready to join me? I've only got one more request of my listeners, and that is, of course, to live long and and
2: live free. free.
0: I didn't want to yell and wake up my
2: parents.